That was Iman Jamal Rahman, uh, and uh, a member of the Three Amigos. So uh, Islam, uh, Judaism, and Christianity uh, being represented by his group, uh, pre, pre, uh, you know, presenting an interfaith message. Very good. I've heard good things about the uh, interfaith amigos. Yeah, we'll have no, to I get the other two guys on the show. Yeah, we should, and I, I watched them on a TED presentation online, and they were great. Here's the here's the issue. I'd like to see what you think about this. I mean, ultimately, I think, uh, and this is my opinion, uh, people um, who of any religious tradition, if they're rational and reasonable, eventually come to the understanding there are many paths to God, uh, if there is a God, and uh, we should respect them all, and uh, we are travelers heading in the same direction in different religions, but going to the same place. But the orthodoxy of some religions, especially, let's say, Christianity or any tradition, uh, any religion where there's a, a tradition of conversion, and that, that, that being the purpose, <clears throat> it's basically the uh, attitude is it's our way or the highway. And it's not only in religions, it's in diff- I've seen it in different spiritual groups, and on and on, it always cre- creates problems. So for me, the problem is always the orthodoxy, uh, having a narrow vision. And I don't see how any orthodox uh, religious leader could ever work in an interfaith way, other than to say, we're tolerant to them, but they're not right, they're wrong, we're right, and ultimately we have to convert them. You think? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, and there are people who are very uncomfortable with the people who are different from them, religiously or ethnically. And there are people who embrace diversity and enjoy diversity. Um, There are different psychological types, and the orthodoxy uh, in any religion is uh, either going to be intolerant of outsiders or critical of them or attempt to convert them or hostile Mm-hmm. toward them even, if that's where you can get violent. But the the orthodoxy are often uh, most hostile toward people within their religion who mm-hmm. are not orthodox. They just sort of ignore, you know, the the outsiders. But the, the insiders who aren't quite as orthodox as they like or have differences of interpretation, they that, that is more uh, emotionally jarring to them, I think, than right. even... Outsider. Yeah, and uh, Judaism, as I understand it, is not a religion of conversion. Uh, uh, they will allow for conversion, but they're not out there proselytizing, join our group. Uh, so right. maybe as a group, uh, Jewish people are more tolerant, you could argue, uh, the even the orthodoxy, because uh, you don't have to become one of them. On the other hand, there are orthodox uh, Jewish groups uh, that uh, are very isolated from everyone other than their uh, own group. I think of the, you know, the uh, some of the uh, Hasidic traditions, and and actually even amongst them, I remember a Lubavitch rabbi, which is one sect in uh, uh, the Hasidic group, that said uh, some of the other Hasidic groups are like spiritual ghettos, were his words, because <laughs> they don't get involved yeah. with anyone or anything. So it's very interesting, very complex, and. Yeah, and and you're right about that, and there's probably historic reasons why Jews are less uh, 
interested in conversion or aggressiveness is probably has a lot to do with them being in uh, diaspora most of their existence and being a small minority uh, in in uh, in countries or cities where you know the dominant group was Christian right. or I... in some cases uh, Muslim. Um, so maybe you know that sort of defensive posture. Uh, led to, or maybe it was right there from the beginning, the, the absence of conversion. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do know that um, there, are, there are Orthodox groups within Judaism who are uh, uh, evangelical within Judaism. the context of, Judea- right. of other Jews. Right. So. right. I, I had a Hasidic friend, and uh, it was interesting. I, he was visiting me, and uh, he... he uh, I was bringing him to the house. I was going to bring him to the house of some <clears throat> Jewish friends of mine who were, you know, what you would consider reform, maybe, you know, conservative, not orthodox. And they said, uh, please don't bring him over. And I said, why? He's going to try to, you know, get us to be more religious and all. For me, right. as a non-Jew, he, he didn't... He, he, he wouldn't no bother hassle. you. But for them, they right. were nervous he was going to come and start laying a trip on them, which I, it's fascinating how... Complicated. Oh, you should uh, you should see when certain people hear my last name. Well, how did they react? Well, if they're you know if they're Orthodox Jews, they they would recognize my Jewish name, and uh, sometimes I'm they expect certain things of me, or right, will right. try to m- disapprove of certain right, things right. if they find them out about me. Right. Whereas if my name were uh, Ramundi, I wouldn't get those reactions. Well, you can use my name anytime <laughs> to get out of it. Uh, yeah, the other thing I always you're... tell them I'm from Whoopi's side of the family, <laughs> but they don't believe me. Very funny. Uh, <laughs> the, the, one thing I did learned a little bit more about uh, Islam today from Jamal, and, I, and one of the things I've heard from a lot of people, and, and I think to a certain degree it's true, and that is that uh, the Islamic members of the United States uh, have not done enough to educate people about Islam and speak out against uh, those folks who they feel are not presenting the right face of Islam to the rest of the world uh, or critical of them, and they've been a little too silent and not out really uh, doing a better job at what they should be doing. I don't know if that's a fair or unfair I don't I don't know how fair that is I've been hearing that since 9/11 and a uh, they don't have spokespersons you know the way mm-hmm. m- more organized religions do especially in America where they're a small minority and like other immigrant groups you know the first couple of generations uh, tend to be very uh, keep among themselves so this was a a new expectation to speak out, you know, in that mm-hmm. way. And I, from what I gather, there's a lot more speaking out than people realize because, right. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get in the news. Right, it if also, it was, it's a responsibility of the news agencies to give the coverage and, and they, they yeah, always do yeah. that. It's much easier to, you know, cover some, you know, uh, aggressive uh, persons, you know, who, who commands a microphone and and wants to speak out, you know, say anti-Islamic things. But uh, you know, the an ordinary imam or an ordinary uh, Muslim speaking out in a community center or a school, no one covers that right. in the press. But I'm sure it goes on all the time. Interesting. What one story I really enjoyed that he told was about uh, the Prophet uh, 
in, on his way to heaven or his way back to yeah. heaven or wherever, uh, uh, speaking to the prophet, uh, I guess they called Moses a prophet, the prophet yeah. Moses, and, and saying, no, no, there's no way uh, people are going to do pray 50 times a day. See, see what you can get it down to. And I also didn't know that the Shia, as I think he said, pray three they, times They were going day, the for the wholesale price. Was it the Shia that do three times and the Sunni five? Yeah, five yeah, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. But it reminded me of the scene in Mel Brooks' movie where, where he plays Moses and Moses is carrying three tablets and he says, I have brought you these 15 commandments and he drops one. He says, 10, 10 <laughs> commandments. <laughs> but... Well, but to get back to a more serious thing, one of the interesting things you hear uh, from, we heard from uh, uh, Jamal about his experience with the Amigos, is they all got to know each other in the right. context of uh, post-9-11 interfaith work. And, it, you know, this is such a common observation when people who are different from one another actually get to know people. Right. You know, instead of just going by stereotypes and... and um, public image uh, or whatever image they have, then things change. Right. And it's that, that exposure. That's why you have so much more openness in uh, urban areas right. than you do in rural areas. Right. People are just exposed right. to people. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you and, mentioned that before. I mean, you grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up right outside yeah. New York. I was born in Jersey City. So you were exposed. You had friends that were Jewish, that were Christian, that were you know, Hispanic. no, no Muslims in those days. No, no, but but it also you you were able to tell. Actually, my father was in education, and my brother in public school education. My brother went to uh, Catholic school for a while, and my and then my father said, you know, that's not the way the world is. All, all Catholic boys, there's boys, there's girls, there's there's Christians, there's non-Christian. You got to know, get to know everyone, you know, and uh, and he felt that yeah. was the great advantage of public schools. So, yeah. uh, and, and, I, and I agree with that. And, you know, I brought up in the interview this um, article in the front page of today's L.A. Times about Muslims being afraid mm -hmm. because of the imminent um, uh, inauguration of Trump and, and his, his rhetoric. And an interesting piece of that is they're not, there's fear of legal things he might do or had threatened to do. Um, but there's more fear about uh, what could be unleashed in the minds and hearts of individuals because of that rhetoric, and and that and we've already seen that 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 can happen, um, and those people who are afraid of of the other or feel threatened by the other, um, they're more likely to to do harm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you know, hopefully in some small way through our show. We can uh, help educate people and give yeah. people exposure to different groups. And imagine when I was uh, 12 years old, if I had seen a Buddhist monk walking down the street, what I might have thought. I might have run the other way. You know, uh, uh, you, you don't know. So I think part you of You might have thought it was a nun who shaved her head. Yeah, exactly, and dyed her <laughs> uh, outfit. So, by the way, you never see nuns in full regalia anymore. You rarely no, see priests no. wearing their outfits anymore. Times, they have changed. The times have changed. Hey, you don't even see people wearing suits and ties as much anymore. So Thank God. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we're two of them. Uh, anyway, uh, another uh, very uh, interesting guest. And uh, uh, we uh, ask our listeners to uh, let us know what you think. 
Go to our website, spiritmatterstalk.com. You can find out how to communicate us with us uh, there, how to email us, and any information you'd like, any feedback, any suggestions or guests, we will be very open to. So, Phil, until next time. Okay, salam. So, um...